2: Body Wrappers Angelo Luzio is happy to be the sponsor of this episode of Conversations on Dance. Body Wrappers Angelo Luzio is an American manufacturer of dance apparel since 1981 and is known for its total stretch tights and Angelo Luzio shoes and has Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, as its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premiere. Tyler's original designs fit perfectly, are ideal for summer intensives, class, rehearsal, or performance, and are beautiful, move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all of the products at bodyrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Rappers, go to dancewearcorner.com. This episode is generously sponsored by the Vale Dance Festival. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro.
1: And I'm
3: Michael Breeden, and you're listening to Conversations on Dance.
2: This week, we are joined by New York City Ballet Principal Dancer Jared Engel. Jared was born in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and began dancing at the age of six. In 1996, he moved to New York City to continue his training at the School of American Ballet. The following year, he received the Rudolf Nureyev Scholarship to continue his training at SAB. Jared joined the New York City Ballet in 1998 as a Corps member and was promoted to Principal in 2005. Today, we talk with Jared about his early career, his skilled talent for partnering, being in the company with his brother, Tyler, and what he sees for his future.
3: Thanks for joining us, Jared. Um, We just were watching you rehearse for tonight. So it's um, fun that you made your way over to us for this interview.
2: Yeah, we appreciate it. (laughs) Thank
0: you. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Thanks.
3: So um, let's start at the beginning. Uh, How did you first become exposed to ballet?
0: I... Think that I was always dancing around the house when I was really young, so my parents uh, probably took a cue from that and took me to the Nutcracker done by a local school in Pennsylvania, where I'm from, when I was in kindergarten. And then I immediately started lessons in January. Mm. So I, I don't really remember it, but I I remember being really excited before my first lessons, like for the probably Christmas break. I couldn't wait to go and like start ballet.
2: Mm-hmm. So what made you choose um, SAB? In particular, to train,
0: I think it was um, the Balanchine celebration, like VHS that I had and mm-hmm. would watch like over and over and over from '93. I think it was, mm-hmm. um, which was a pretty comprehensive look at like a lot of Balanchine ballets. And I, I mean, just fell in love with like everything and everyone and the, all the music and the musicality. And mm-hmm. it was sort of obvious. So I would just watch those videos and then the like, um, the Balanchine months from the seventies. Right. The Dance in America. Dance in America. Yeah. So I would just sort of watch those on repeat. Um, and this was pre internet. So there was no, like, I couldn't just Google New York city ballet. Um, and I think I only had like one like classical ballet that I watched which was is a La but otherwise I was totally just all about the, the Balanchine videos. So how did you,
3: were these like library rentals or your parents bought them for
0: you or? I think I might have like taped it off of TV or like my friend taped it from their tape or something. That mm-hmm. so <laughs> was the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me, like I remember it's I was them
3: to yeah. my library, so they didn't have any city ballet stuff. So it took me a, a minute longer.
2: To find it. <laughs> See, I mean, that's true.
3: Um, so what was what were your years at SAB like and how did you um, find yourself a member of New York City Ballet?
0: Um, my SAB years were sort of interesting. Um Because I was the last class that had Stanley Williams Mm. as the main male teacher. Uh, So I had gone for two summers, and then my sophomore year of high school, I went for the the full-year term. So I had one year of Stanley, um, which was amazing and like totally different than most other sort of – I mean, he was totally different than any other teacher I've ever had. Um, And then my second year in the school is when he unfortunately passed away, so then it was a transition to having – Peter Bull sort of take over the men's program and right. Jock. So we had Peter Bull and Jock Soto um, and Nikolai Huba teaching us, which was sort of thrilling because we, you know, had been watching them for a, I had been watching them for a, the whole year before just on right. stage as, as many times mm-hmm. as I could. Um, did you still have, did you guys have Richard Rapp at that point or was he? I had, I had the half a year with Richard Rapp, uh-huh. which was interesting and probably prepared me for having Peter Bull because I sort of like understood the sort of, like Balanchine male technique in a way that I wouldn't have if I didn't have him probably. Um, again, then I became an apprentice in March of my second year. It's kind of an odd time. Did, was uh, I think it was because ball-ball? Union Jack was going uh-huh. um, and Union Jack is a ballet that has, you know, 70s. I mean, the whole company's in it, like soloists are in the core, like it requires an, an army essentially. Um, so I got called into Natasha Glavoff's office mm-hmm. and She said, "Peter wants you to go to rehearsal upstairs." But like, I was so like clueless that I just didn't know that that meant was I was an apprentice. Like, no one said like you are an apprentice. So I was like, "I don't know." They just want me to go upstairs and like watch. (laughs) And then somebody had to be like, "No, I think you're an apprentice." Mm -hmm. So clueless. (laughs) (laughs) We keep
2: hearing stories about that about how people find out about their jobs. Yeah, I
3: think that's like that's just I think uh, like the grand tradition. We I was saying how people used to get promoted by just getting a pay raise and then they'd see the pay raise in their bank oh, account. Really? like they would just wouldn't even say anything
0: oh that's interesting that yeah. obviously doesn't happen or getting promoted at just sort of odd times like not it's not i mean not after my soloist promotion was like not after like a big show like i don't even think i was performing that week mm. and it was like in the hallway outside with peter and sean lavery in between rehearsals at like three o'clock and i was like oh okay
3: cool (laughs)
0: thanks thanks i mean yeah thanks obviously but i was like that's random (laughs) lauren Lovett just told
3: us she got promoted in a boot so yeah
2: she was wearing a boot (laughs) (laughs) um so what was one of your big breaks at the company maybe one of your first big roles that you danced
0: um i so i got in the company and the next year was i think it was the 50th anniversary Yes. It was 98. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they were doing like a hundred ballets and there was a lot of people getting injured. And I, so I remember getting a lot of opportunities that way, like to do stuff like that. I would have taken me longer to get into mm-hmm. because people were injured mm-hmm. and because there was such a backlog of like work, I can learn things very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, I, I sort of benefited from some last minutes, um, yeah, last-minute like so. replacement situations, but I think my first big break was a ballet called Them Twos mm-hmm. uh, by Peter Martins, and there was a pas de deux with Jock Soto and Darcy Kistler. And Jock, he did something to his hand or something, and so I stepped into that, and I was like terrified, obviously. And then I just recently watched the ballet again, and it's this pas de is like nothing. It's like you walk in she sort of borays around, there's like two lifts and then she like borays away. It was like really like in terms of (laughs) technical like requirements or steps, there's very little involved, but I just remember it was like such a big deal and terrifying and scary, but very exciting. Mm -hmm. So
3: I think one of the most often discussed gifts uh, in your dancing is your mastery of partnering, um, an element that is especially useful in New York City Ballet's repertoire. So um, when did you sort of think that you had a knack for it and um or how did you develop that skill
0: well I grew up in Altoona Pennsylvania and I was the only boy at my school for my whole you know dance training there until I went to SAB so like any other boy from a regional sort of small school you do a nutcracker and there's no money so they can't bring in people to perform so Mm -hmm. I mean I was doing like snow paw and then I would do Arabian paw, and then I would do sugar plum pa, like in the mm-hmm. same show <laughs> with like just like three different girls because yeah. like I was there, I could do it. So and we performed a lot at my school. Um so I was definitely doing a lot of performing and learning a lot of ballets at a young age that required partnering. Mm-hmm. And I had an excellent teacher named Richard Cook, who uh taught at the Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet and he later taught at Juilliard and SUNY Purchase. Um, who was just, like, the most wonderful man and teacher and definitely taught me all the fundamentals of partnering. And, I mean, I totally credit him for, like, any ability I have now. Like, the Mm -hmm. the kernel was, like, planted, or the seed was planted by him Mm -hmm. most definitely.
2: So do you have any um, aspirations in the future to pass that on and be a coach? Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, not specifically. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I do, when I do, like you know, when I see somebody's not struggling, but you know, somebody's working on something, and I see an easy fix, I will definitely. I'm very happy to like share whatever knowledge I have. Mm -hmm. Um, But as like being like a full time teacher or partnering teacher like that, I don't know if Mm -hmm. that's in the in the cards. We'll see.
3: So New York City Ballet is famous for having um, siblings and there have been some 19 pairs throughout the company's history. Uh, Your brother, Tyler Engel, is a fellow principal. Um, How did that shape your time in New York City Ballet?
0: Uh, It's been a great gift, I think. Uh, Luckily, uh, I'm five years older. So by the time he went to SAB, I was already in the company. um, And by the time he got into the company, I was already a soloist. So it's not like we were, you know, sharing a court dressing right. room and like competing for parts or something right. like that. Um, I think there definitely was a moment before he got in that I was like, this could be really like, like Weird. what if this is terrible? Like what if this is bad for like right. the relationship is like family members, which that would not be okay. So I was like, am I going to have to like leave New York city Valley? Like I love it. But like, I don't <laughs> want Like if it's going to be bad for like, you know, uh-huh. real life, I don't want right. that to happen. But luckily there's never been any problems when we get along and if anything, it's, like, great because, you know, you get to share this, like, weird job and experiences and travel and all this sort of perks of, of being a dancer, mm-hmm. like, with some, somebody in your family. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. trips to Japan, like, <clears throat> that, that sort of stuff is yeah. pretty cool.
2: that is cool. Also,
3: I think you guys are different enough that um, you both have different temperaments and, uh, um, you know, different dance persona so you you're never Mm. often compared in that way although you are both really um excellent partners and so so you share some parts but we do uh,
0: share for a while like there was a period where it seemed like like i did it then tyler did it then he did it then i did it like so we like (laughs) like Uh alternating every single part and i was like uh i'd rather not not, yeah i'd rather not (laughs) but i mean at this point it's fine it's you know yeah. It's a
3: so,
2: chance
0: to bond or like commiserate about certain aspects of roles. You're like, oh, I hate that part. He's like, me too. I'm like,
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amazing. Um, so, this fall at New York City Ballet, you will perform Peter Martin's popular full length Swan Lake. You have danced the leading role before, um, a role that requires a broad range of acting talents. How do you prepare for something so different from the bulk of the company's rep?
0: Um, the first time I did Swan Lake, I did it in Rome with. Carla Fracci was um was the head of the Rome Opera Ballet. Mm. And somehow I ended up guessing with them three times. I did Sleeping Beauty, Giselle, and then Swan Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my first experience mm. with like the full Swan Lake was in this totally different setting, on a rake stage, like super classical production, mm. totally sort of unlike the streamlined Peter Martin's version. Um but it was really interesting because not only, because like I don't know any like the, the real like cl- like classical style of mm-hmm. I I don't really know. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can fa- feel like I can fake it. Like I don't. It's not you know. I feel like I'm a Valentin trained dancer, right. so I went into it being a little like insecure. Like you know, I don't know how to do all the kind of like classical male stuff. Like right. I don't know. Like, I don't even know what it means. But it ended up being a great experience because um, like the coach was the coach we had was wonderful, but also Carlo Fracci's husband named I mean, Beppe was from like the theater world. And he had worked with like Visconti and like, you know, he's from a sort of different background, but he ended up like coaching the Padida and stuff and bringing a sort of actual, like acting, um, like a real approach that wasn't just about the steps and about sure. the physicality. Mm-hmm. It was like, he was really like made me explore like, what the subtext was, like the motivation for gestures and steps, and like for everything. So mm-hmm. I feel like I really gained a lot from that. Um, and then when we did it in New York, I was definitely able to sort of draw from that. Yeah, yeah, draw from that um, in in Peter's production, which I loved, and also doing it with Sarah a bunch was great because we got to just sort of explore it for for a while together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sort of just like really take apart like each like moment and gesture and make deliberate choices. I think, which you don't like the process of rehearsing like that is not how we rehearse balancing. I think, I think so different. Yeah. Yeah. The balancing stuff is uh, not that it's not complex, obviously, but you know, you just have, you I mean, I think after a while dancing it, you know, like the intention sort of, and you know, the musicality and you just have to sort of rehearse it, but you don't really need to go into like psychological details about arm gestures.
2: Right, and telling a story—not always, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll return to conversations on dance in a moment, but first, we want to talk about our sponsor, Dancewear Corner. Summer has already come and gone, but Dancewear Corner is gearing up for the new school year. While you are getting everything you need for your academics, don't forget to prepare yourself for a new year of dance. Check out dancewearcorner.com to get everything you need to start your year off on the right foot at a price that will make mom and dad smile. They carry all the brands you want, including Body Wrappers, Morella, Sodansa, Zarelli, and Honeycut. Check them out today at com.
3: So um, you are also a skilled pianist in addition to your... <laughs> ballet talents um when did you uh start to train in that regard was it after or before ballet
0: um i i think i started ballet in kindergarten i think i started piano in first grade so it was mm. probably at the same time, time. So
3: it's interesting because it makes me think you know maybe your aptitude for music um would have drawn you to Balanchine's works like that makes sense that you could have fallen in love with those two things at the same time
0: oh i think totally yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I I think the large reason I do it or enjoy it is is the music, I and mean, mm-hmm. obviously, like New York City Ballet and dancing Balanchine is the the right choice if that's what your motivation is.
3: Right. So, uh, how long were you able to continue um, piano at a more intensive level?
0: Uh, I I took you know weekly piano lessons at home f- until so first through ninth so eight eight years, wow. and then I went to SAB and I just didn't care about anything except <laughs> going to the ballet every right. night. And then talking. Are you gonna play the piano in the? I kitchen? didn't. No, for two years I didn't. I just was like so excited to like be in the dorms and like, we we would go to the ballet every night and then yeah. just like go out and talk like go to get Chinese food and then like talk about the ballet and yeah. then like just do that for a whole year. Mm-hmm. But then when I got in the company, I think I you know, you're in the theater all day and I sort of realized like, you know, there's a lot of downtime or you need some stress relief. And I was like, oh, there's just pianos everywhere and empty rooms. And I started playing again and I have not stopped since.
2: How do you feel like that helps you? You mentioned earlier that you feel like you learned choreography quickly and that's all all really important in New York City Ballet. Do you feel like um, that sense of musicality also helps you maybe with that learning choreography?
0: Um, Definitely. Well, I think if you can... I don't know if you can tie, I mean, if you can tie the steps to the music right away, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the, then the ballets that are steps to music, um, it, yeah, it definitely helps. And then you're not just thinking about, well, for me, it gets me out of thinking about just like what my body is doing. And if I like, I'm thinking about what the music is doing or taking it from the music, then I get out of my own head and it's like much easier to dance things yeah. rather than just like worrying about fifth position. If I'm just like r- trying to listen to the music or respond to the music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a much better time. Like, my fifth might be worse, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm enjoying it, so I don't know if that's good or bad.
2: (laughs) So having danced with the company for 19 years now, 12 of them as a principal, what motivates you to continue to grow?
0: Um, I think, sorry, I'm, like, shocked by those numbers. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? I mean, just... I just like the the work I like being on stage it's such a gift and I think uh, I mean the longer you do it and like you know your friends retire and like suddenly you have new partners that are like 10 years younger than you or something you know you have to sort of go through like or at least I have I'm like okay why am I doing this still like I've or when you have an injury or something or when something's hurting and you're like is it worth it like what's what is driving me so I feel like I always am reevaluating why am i why am i doing this and like i think i've come to realize like it means so much to me like being on stage is amazing getting to dance to this music is amazing being involved in this world is amazing so as long as i can as long as my body is still working and i'm not like hopefully embarrassing myself um no but you know what i mean (laughs) because you never know like you you look in the mirror and you you, i mean you you never see like what it really is i don't think anyone does um So now I'm just sort of thinking like I might as well do it as long as I can well because, you know. Why not? You can't go back once you stop. Mm -hmm. And also just there's always new, you know, new things to discover about either your body. Like it's because it's always changing and just like, oh, you get aware of certain things. And um, but there's always just new, you know, choreography and people to dance with. And it's not it's not boring Mm -hmm. yet. So
2: and your body's holding up well? Yeah. That's my biggest follow up. That's great. Yeah. Jealous. I mean, I, I yeah, we're so jealous. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I did a I did a whole lot of injured years like in yeah. surgeries and Gender you time. know. Yeah. I've I've done some solid time of like crappy injury injury yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So, to feel like it's yeah.
2: Yeah. And you learn a good. lot from that too, right? About taking Absolutely. care of yourself and being able to continue on in that way. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: So, um something that I think we're seeing more and more of even on major stages in America, uh, is the sort of competition, competition level showiness. And that's definitely to me, the antithesis of what you bring, you always understatedly elegant. Yeah. So have you, um, what do you feel? Why do you think that that's become such an easy route to take? And have you ever felt any pressure to sort of put on more?
0: Um, I mean, if I had tricks, like, I would <laughs> gladly pull them out. But I really, <laughs> like, I don't, I really don't. Um, well, first of all, like, maybe it's just because I, I, I didn't go to a school that did competition anything. anything. Right. Mm-hmm. It was sort of serious ballet. Um, so I think that sort of physicality, like, we didn't even, I didn't even do, like, normal ballet tricks. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't learn a Don Q variation until... I went to a summer program when I was like 14 right. and I was like, what is this stuff? Like, I don't know. What this." <laughs> <is."> <laughs> I what <love> <laughs> Um, so I didn't grow up like doing that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not really necessary, in our rep so much. Right. I mean, it, I guess if I was doing like stars and stripes or something, it would be nice to be able to like throw in a something on a Minage but, um, I, it also just doesn't really interest me. I think what I, what I like watching or what I like experiencing is like, beauty and nuance and you know a really high leg or 17 turns is not particularly interesting to me unless it's like really artistically right tied to the music and the right like watching Misa Coronaga mm-hmm. I was with her the last two weeks I mean in Vail and also in Nantucket and she can do like you know she can throw in four pirouettes somewhere but it's so beautiful and it's like because of she you know it's like tied to the music and the whole right. thing is beautiful. And I was like, Oh, see, I like five when It's pretty, but <laughs> <Right>. it's <benominus, laughs> just like, right. Course. Yeah.
2: And then when it goes over the music, that's what I can't take. It's like, it still has to be musical. Yeah. Even if you're turning still like come down. Have yeah. that turn.
0: <laughs> but it's totally, it's totally a world that I don't know anything about, but I will say like the people that did go to sort of jazz schools and then transition to ballet, they can do lots of, I mean, they can just like turn from any position and do anything. and, hmm. I'm sort of definitely envious of that in some way. Like, wouldn't it be nice just to be like, "Ah, oh, I'm just going to turn now and like, just it's going to work and I'm going to do five. Like <laughs>
2: That would be nice. Yeah. We don't know that life. My, my, my next life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we're talking to you today from the Veil Dance Festival and you've been out here three times now, you told us earlier. Um, what makes this festival so special and makes you want to come back?
0: Um, I mean, it feels a bit like, adult sort of summer camp like it's like (laughs) ballet summer camp uh that's the best way to put it because it's my third year so it's sort of the same cast of characters a little bit there's you know different people every year Mm -hmm. um but Damien does a good job of I think making it interesting for the dancers and enriching for the dancers so the first year I came I did stuff that was from my repertory anyway I think I did duo concertante and um Something else with Tyler Peck, Midsummer Night's Dream, Poder, the right. Diverse Mont. Um, But then the next year, he had me dance with Carla Corbis, who I went to SAB with, and who I danced with in New York City Ballet with for a little bit. And he put us together with Jody Gates, who's a you know choreographer and mm-hmm. the dean at USC. Um, so I went to LA for a week, and we like made a piece. So it's I think the putting together of you know different people and working with choreographers that I. Either don't work at City Ballet, or that I wouldn't have an opportunity to work with. Like this year, I got to work with Pam Tanowitz from totally sort of modern-based background, which was really fun, and do a piece with Jeff Serio and Calvin Royal,
2: yeah,
0: and Melissa Tuba. So I think it's the the mixing of people and styles that is exciting.
2: Yeah.
3: So, <clears throat> where do you see yourself uh, in the near future, or in the oh God, what in part. ten years? You know, what, uh,
0: <laughs> post <ten> dancing. <laughs> um. I I don't have a definite plan Mm -hmm. or goal. Um, I don't know. I mean, I love... I'm not a. So everyone always asks every dancer, like, do you choreograph? You're going to be just like quit and be, you know, retire and be a choreographer. Yeah. Definitely not that at all. People, that's always their go to. Even before
3: like teacher or anything,
0: they're yeah. like, do you yeah. want to choreograph? No. No. <laughs> no. Like if I wanted to say, I have zero to say in that respect. So I don't think the world needs to see me I feel try. Feel like something
3: else in that, that you come from like basically the most choreography oriented company that yeah. it's not these aren't just vehicles for dancers. They are art and unto yeah. themselves. So I think that can be intimidating too. I mean, not only do you oh, have definitely. all the Balanchine and Robbins, so you're kind of in that shadow. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. You definitely, yeah. You. I think in New York City Ballet, you have to be super confident in like, believe in yourself to want to put something on that stage. Cause right. think yeah. of all the ballets that have been put on that stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like the ballet world a lot, but it's just a matter of finding something that, fits for what you know what you want your life to be. Yeah. But I also I feel like I would want to stay somewhere in the nonprofit arts. I really am passionate about music and opera and just sort of the fine classical fine arts world. So I think if I can do something involving maybe not just dance or ballet, but maybe music, that would be sort of an ideal thing.
2: Yeah, a natural transition. <laughs> or I'm just
0: like maybe I could just have, you know, Work at Starbucks and like being an ushered at the Met and go to see like operas for free every night. Like, that's all like is that an option? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so basically it's want. like I think I want to stay in New York and I want to be able to go to hear music and like See back. Go to nah, I don't that <laughs> We'll take a break from that. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would like to be able to continue. Yeah, how do we get opera hookups? Yeah. <laughs> just start start going.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um so that brings us to our last little section we call it our lightning round mm-hmm. so we're just going to ask you a few quick questions and you tell us the first thing that comes to mind you ready yes all right favorite ballet
0: uh, Serenade comes to mind just because i just did it but i don't know if that's actually true <laughs> it's like who's your favorite child or something <laughs> right. yeah. not that i have kids but you know what i mean yeah, it's yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. but i just did it and it's amazing all the time
2: always yeah <laughs>
3: Uh, what ballet would you most like to accompany to, um, on piano?
0: Oh, what ballet would I most like to accompany on piano? Shoot. That's a good question. Um, I might say of, of stuff that I know, like maybe calmer music. That's cool. Yeah. Like dances at a gathering, like that would be fun, but yeah. But I think common music would be, like, super interesting. I love that music. Right. It's yeah. so, so weird, like, the whole thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, dream role you've yet to dance?
0: Hmm. Dream role I've yet to dance. That I would could dance? Like, do drop, obviously, but, but, but <laughs> like, that's, like, my dream role? That counts. Okay, maybe do drop. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Dude drops always my go-to for when people say if you could dance one lady part. Oh my gosh! Definitely dude drop. Yeah, I think Just, that's oh, the, best. the best.
2: <laughs> oh, it is the dream. Um,
3: <laughs> what, who, what ballerina uh, that you've never danced with you'd most like to partner?
0: Um, current, like that I could partner now, or oh, past? How about one current oh. and one past. Yeah. Current. Um, I've never. Wait, who, who, do, I, who do I know? <laughs> Um uh, maybe. I mean, I've never danced with Isabella Boylston, and she's so lovely. She's beautiful, and yeah, maybe next year, at Vale, if I get invited back, I'm sure, Damian, Mr. Would Wetzel, that right up. Yeah. yeah, I feel, I feel <laughs> like she'd I'll be know. really fun to yeah. dance with. Mm-hmm. In the past, I might just have to say Suzanne Farrell, just like well, because, like, yeah, you know, curiosity, and just like <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I know you guys are busy. A pleasure. It was so fun. Thank you for joining us this week on Conversations on Dance. We are back from the Vale Dance Festival and are returning to our regularly scheduled programming. In case you missed any of the action from Vale, be sure to check out the bonus content we released from the festival as it happened. Our complete interviews with festival dancers will continue to be released in the coming weeks, so stay tuned or subscribe now on iTunes to automatically be notified of new content. See you next week on Conversations on Dance.
3: This episode has been brought to you by the Veil Dance Festival.